Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. I want to ask you if you would, if you are using a, an electronic device or an old school paper Bible, whatever the case may be, I want to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 2. If you're watching online, I'm so glad you've joined us. We're so glad you're a part of our service tonight. We speak blessing on you, and we believe you're going to be ministered to. Do us a favor. Help us minister the gospel tonight by hitting that share button, and we believe that people will be blessed through the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Are you at John chapter 2 yet? If you don't have an iPad or an iPhone, you can use your eyelids and just look right up here. It'll be up on the screen, I think. I want to just begin reading. This will sound very very familiar, but it's not a verse that we go to a lot. It's not really a go-to because it shows a different side of Jesus. We know that he is loving, compassionate, but uh, he was also very passionate. And so in this passage, we're going to see the passion of our Lord and Savior and how it was demonstrated in this particular account in John chapter 2. Thank you, Father, for your help tonight to minister your word to your people. And we thank you, Father, in advance for what you're going to do in us and through us and for us tonight in Jesus' name. John 2, 13 and following. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants, or in the church, the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. And he also saw dealers and tables exchanging foreign money. And Jesus made a whip from some ropes. Now, that really is in the Bible. I'm not making that up. You can see it for yourself. Jesus made a whip from some ropes And chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over the tables. Got a little passionate, you you could say. Verse 16, then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. And this is where I really want to focus with what he says next. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. In other words, you're using the church for something that it was never intended to be used for. You've made it about you in the buying and selling of goods and when it's really it's supposed to be about me, my father. So he said, stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then, I want you to see this. Then his disciples remembered something triggered in those that were following him because of what they saw Jesus doing and saying. I need you to see this. Something triggered in his followers after watching what Jesus said and did. And this is what was triggered in his disciples. They remembered a prophecy, verse 17, from the scriptures, which was really a Old Testament Bible verse. In Psalm 69 and 9, 
It's where David said, passion for God's house will consume me. So while Jesus was demonstrating this passion for the Father, for the things of God, for the house of God, the Word says that His disciples were reminded of an Old Testament Scripture where David said, said it something like this, that the pas- there's passion for God's house and it consumes me. If anybody had a passion for God, In the Old Testament, it was David. And I want to just speak to you tonight briefly on this subject. Having a passion for the house. And what I mean by that is, church, having a passion for the house of God. Having a passion for the things of God. Having a passion for the Word of God. Having a passion for the presence of God. What does it mean to be passionate? It just simply means, I thought of a very simple, but I think good definition. Have a strong desire. What does it mean to have passion? It just simply means to have a strong desire for something. And you know, if we would just be honest, everybody is passionate about something. You can watch the the news, you can watch different things, and you can see everybody is passionate about something. Everybody has strong desires about something. But see, here's what I'm coming to understand. I believe more so now in this time that we're living in than ever before. That it is imperative, church, that you and I, as the church of the living God, would have a passion or a strong desire for the right thing. See, I believe it's God's heart for you and I to be passionate about the right things, the things of God. And you know, I have found in the Word, I want to just share with you, I believe there's four areas that the Word, that you and I ought to be passionate about. Four areas that you and I ought to be passionate about You know, I thought of another word that is an antonym for the word passionate. And it is simply the word passive. See, I think too many times in this time that we we live in, too many church-going people, blood-bought people, are living, instead of passionately for God, we're living passive for God. Can I just preach tonight and be real in the house of God? See, to be passive just simply means to be, I just looked up a few definitions in Webster to help me minister the word tonight. To be passive just simply means to be lifeless, to be motionless, to be inactive, just not moving, not going anywhere, motionless. That's what it means to be passive. But on the other hand, To be passionate, which is our focus for tonight, having a passion for the house, for the things of God, for the presence of God, for the word of God, for the spirit of God. To be passionate simply means to be fervent, to live with an intensity, to live with enthusiasm. In fact, do you know that that word enthusiasm comes from two words, in, theos, To be enthusiastic just simply means to be in theos, in God. 
So when you and I come to know Jesus Christ as, a, as our personal Lord and Savior, and we understand that now he is in us and we are in him, do you know that that's where our enthusiasm comes from? It's just by simply understanding who we are in him, that we are in him and he is in, her, in us. That produces, church, a passion. And we no longer settle for living. Let me just give you the first one. I know it's wins to the things of God. How about we get into this? How about let me just give you the first one. I know it's Wednesday night. I believe the first area, the first area that, that, the, that we can find in the Word of God, the first one I want to show you where we should be passionate about, that the Word of God shows us to be passionate, is to be passionate for prayer. To have a passion for prayer. You know, sometimes when we think of prayer, and I know we all are at different stages in our Christian life, and I'm going to be honest, the way I pray now is totally different from the way I prayed when I first got saved. So hear me tonight. We're all a progress, a work in progress. But I want to give you something to strive for. But oftentimes when we think about prayer, oftentimes we think about bowing our head and lowering our head and lowering our voice. And there's nothing wrong with that. But church, I believe the word of God shows us that our prayers, we ought to pray with a passion. In fact, I'm going to show you the way James taught us in the Word of God. In fact, James, one of the disciples, one of the early church apostles, he had a nickname, and they called him Old Camel Knees because he was always on his face seeking the Lord. He knew a little something about prayer. And what James teaches us, I'll just read it to you. James 5 and 16, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now watch this. The prayer, or I should say it like this, another translation says, the effectual, fervent, there it is, the passionate prayer of a righteous man or woman is what? Powerful and effective. I want you to just see this. I want you to let the word minister to you tonight. The effectual, fervent prayer, passionate prayer of a righteous man or woman is what? Powerful and effective. So what that tells you and I, that if it doesn't have much fervor to it, if it's not something that we really are passionate about, come on, are you really passionate about praying? What is that? What is prayer? Just communicating with God. Do you know the word of God teaches us that we shouldn't be passive when it comes to our prayer life, low key? Our prayer life should have passion tied to it. The effectual, fervent, the passionate prayer of a righteous man or woman. What? Availeth much, it's very powerful and effective. So what that tells us is if our power, if our prayer life is not very passionate, chances are it's not very powerful. So I wanted to just show you that's one area that we ought to be passionate about is our prayer life. Well, Pastor Manny, are you sure? Does it really take all that? Do I really need to be passionate? 
about prayer. I really believe that's what the Word of God teaches us. You know, it's one thing to pray to God, but it's another thing to allow God to pray through you. I mean, there's, a, there's, there's dimensions to the prayer life, church. There are dimensions to the life, to the prayer life of the believer. And again, it comes to us as we grow in our faith and develop as Christians, as Christ followers, as we truly have a heart to spend time with him and make time for him, just you and him, and pray and just meditate, spend time with him. Can I tell you some of my, and I've not got it down, hear me right, still learning every day, but I do know this, that there is a dimension in prayer where you can literally let the Spirit of God pray through you. Can I just tell you, in my experience as a believer, not just as a pastor, but as a believer, is having moments in my life where I've had to go to God and not just pray. But I've had to go to God and trust for the Spirit of God to pray through me. What does the Word say? Even when we don't know how, have you ever been in a, in a moment where you didn't even know what to pray or how to pray? Yeah. Well, what does the Word teach us about prayer? That in those moments, it says, don't worry, the Spirit of God will pray through you. It's called, that's why Paul called it praying in the Spirit. Can I just tell you, that's when you understand being passionate about your prayer life. Allowing the Spirit of God to pray through you and allow the Spirit of God to move through you. And I think one of the areas that we grow in in our prayer life is understanding some of our most powerful and effective prayers are when we are praying for others. Because that gets the focus on just me, myself, and I all the time. But just having a passion for prayer. That's what James teaches us. Having a passion for prayer. Romans 12, 11, I'll just give you one more verse because, you know, I want to really hit this home tonight. Paul said in Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal. What does zeal mean? Fervence, passion. Never, and he's writing to the church. He's talking to you and I. Never be lacking in zeal or passion, but keep your spiritual fervor. There it is. Serving the Lord. That word zeal really means, it speaks of a boiling hot white water that is running over. Fervent. Passionate. Never be lacking in passion or zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Watch this, serving the Lord. See, you and I have not just been called to serve the Lord, to live for the Lord. We've been called to serve the Lord and live for the Lord, according to Romans 12, 11, with a passion. Do you see the difference there? In Romans 12, 11, we ought to serve the Lord, keeping your spiritual fervor, comma, serving the Lord. We ought to be serving the Lord tonight, church, but serving him with a passion. I want to encourage you with this thought. I really believe that the Word of God teaches us that when our desires, when our passions, what we feel very strongly about, when our passions and desires becomes His passions and His desires according to His Word, 
Do you know that's when our lives really begin to change? It's just, what are we passionate about tonight? We got to be passionate about the right things, the things of God. Prayer is one of them. How about, let me move, keep going here. Number two, the second area the word of God teaches us we ought to be passionate in is in the area of praise and worship. Now, you know what? I can preach right here because our praise and worship team, I can use them for an example. I think we would all agree if you've been coming to this church for any length of time, you understand that we don't just praise in this house, but we praise with a passion. There's a strong desire when we come into this house to lift up our Lord. And yes, we use the instruments, we use the strings, we use the cymbals, we use it all. Why? Because we are passionate about our praise. Again, I don't believe that our praise ought to be mild and, well, you know, you just can't get all loud and crazy like that in church. Well, the thing about that church, the Bible teaches the exact opposite. The book of Psalms, the biggest book in the Bible, do you know what it really is all about? It's a book teaching us and admonishing us how to praise with passion. I'll prove it to you. I'll give you a psalm. Psalms 47.1. Watch this. We ought to have a passion for praise and worship. Psalms 47 and 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Not just certain people. Not just certain groups of people. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Now watch this. Doesn't sound very small or silent to me. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. That's in the word of God. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Notice, shout unto God. We ought to be passionate about our praise. That's what the word of God teaches. And it doesn't say, Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph if you feel like it. Well, I just don't feel like raising my hands, Pastor Manning. I don't just feel like singing those songs. In fact, some of the songs, if I'm just being honest, I don't really like them all that much. Just being, just being honest. But here's what I would say to that. Our praise and worship, church, is not for us. <laughs> Our praise and worship is for Him. And that's why we praise Him the way that we do. We shout unto God. We lift up our hands. We clap our hands. We shout unto God. Why? Because our praise and our worship, we understand, it is all for Him. It's not for us. It's for Him. We give Him praise because He's worthy. And I really believe this, church. We give God. See, you're passionate about your praise. I believe we're a church that is passionate about praise and worship. You want to know how that comes about? Because we understand that we give God what he deserves, not what we feel. It's about him. I heard a story, true story. 
there's a military base in North Carolina and it's right off the interstate. And this military base often has aircraft that's taking off, landing and taking off all the time. And you know what happens? You watch Top Gun just like I did when it came out many years ago. I'm kind of dating myself a little bit. But when that, when that aircraft takes off, I mean, it's a sonic boom. It gets real loud if you're outside and near it. Well, what was happening in, at this military base when those aircraft would take off and that sonic boom and what was happening on the interstate, those engines would go off and it would be so loud what was happening on the interstate because they were so close to that, to that interstate, it was causing accidents. People were, were shocked and, and, and taken by the loud noise and it was causing accidents unintentionally. So what the military base did, they put up a billboard right there on the, off the interstate, and this is what it said. Pardon our noise, but it's the sound of freedom. So that's a good place to say for anybody that you might know that might just say to you, oh, you go to that church where they get a little, they get all crazy, they get all loud. Well, let me just encourage you how you can respond back to them. You can just simply say, pardon the noise, but it's the sound of freedom. We are worshiping and praising our God because of who he is and what he has done. I don't know about you, but I praise him because of what he's done for me. I praise him because of what he's done for my family, for my wife, for my children. We are saved. We are set free. We are born again. And I cannot tell you, there was a time recently in my life where I was at a very dark place. I've mentioned it. I've made reference to it a little bit. In church, I was at a place where I didn't know if I was going to make it out. Spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking. But God intervened and showed himself to be strong and showed himself to be God in that situation. So just pardon the noise and excuse me just a little bit if I get a little bit loud with my praise and worship from time to time. But it's the sound of freedom. It's the sound of just knowing what he's done for you and I. That's powerful. And then the third one. I'm doing pretty good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody prayed real hard for tonight. Thank you, Jesus. The third area that we ought to be passionate about, not just our prayers, our prayer life, praise and worship, but purity. Come on, church. Let's keep it real in the house of God. We have to have a passion for purity, for what's right. Let me give you the word. What does the word of God say? I'm glad you asked. Romans 12 and 9. This is what it says about having a passion for purity. Having a passion, a strong desire for what is right. According to the word of God, this is what Romans 12, 9 says. Love must be sincere. Now watch what he says next. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. In other words, he's saying there we ought to have a passion, a strong desire for what is good and what is right. Notice it does not say we hate 
Who is evil? Hear me. We hate what is evil. And we love what is good. We have a passion for what is good. In fact, it says cling. That's a very strong word that's used there. To cling means to hold on to for dear life. To have a tight grip on something. Can I just be honest in the house of God? I believe if I would just be honest, I'm a little bit concerned. that In this time that we're living in, we've kind of loosened our hold. Even in the church. And we've loosened our hold a little bit on what we know is right. Can I just submit to you, church? We're not a perfect church. You'll never find one. But we will be a church that will stand up and declare and preach and proclaim what is right. Does not mean we always do right. Having a passion for purity does not mean that we're perfect. It just means that we have a love for what is pure. It means that our heart is to want to do what's right. It's, it's our desire. Once our heart has been changed by the power of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ, as I kind of opened up with tonight, once we know his love, it's that love that the Bible says his loving kindness brings us to repentance. Do you know the most positive word in the Bible is the word repent? Oftentimes, it carries a negative connotation. You need to repent. You need to repent. You need to turn and change. And, but really, that word repent, that is the most positive word in the Bible. It just simply means to change and to turn, to come back to God and to have your heart changed for what is right. Come on. I think if we would just be honest, sometimes... We live that way where we kind of have loosened our grip. We're not doing what Paul says to do, that we ought to cling to what is good, hold tightly to what is right. Come on, we got to have a passion for purity, for what's right. Abstaining from sex before marriage that's what's right. That's just simply having a passion for purity. I'm going to save myself for marriage because I have a passion and a desire for what's right. Marriage between one man and one woman, that's just simply having a passion for what's right. We say what the Word of God says, that our relationships we should have a passion for what is right. The marriage relationship between a man and a woman, you know, that's not hate speech. I'm going to go ahead and preach tonight. That's just simply having a passion for what's right. Again, we don't hate who is evil. We hate what is evil. And we have to in this time that we're living in because what happens, church, we can get so far off track that we find ourselves at a place where we're not living in God's best. We're not living in his blessing like 
he wants us to. We have to be a people and a church that is passionate for what is right, clinging to what is good, having a passion for purity. We ought to have a passion. I I think this would be on God's number one list. Number one passion. It's having a passion, and this is where I close, uh, having a passion for people. I've come tonight to just encourage you, church, to give you four areas that the Word of God teaches us that we ought to have a passion for. A passion for prayer, a passion for praise and worship, uh, to be passionate with our purity and to be passionate for people. I'm going to give you one last Bible verse that we all could quote, but I I believe it shows us so clearly and beautifully what it means to have a passion for people. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Notice, That very Bible verse right there shows us that God is passionate about people. How do you know that, Pastor Manny? Because it just said, I just read it. It didn't say that God loved the world. It said God so loved. God loves with a passion. God loves you and I with a passion. And it said, notice now, it's not just God loving the church. It says God loved the world. For God so loved the world. Do you know one of the things we want for you to learn in this church is that this church, when we come together like we are tonight, as awesome as it is, I was talking to a friend of mine in our church. They've been in our church for many years now. We were just talking the other night and he said, you know, I I can't see me and my family anywhere else. This is home. This church is our home. Just how we get fed here, how we get ministered. But I want to tell you something. Bless me. Such a blessing to hear that. But I want to tell you something. As awesome as that is, and as much as we desire for that to be the case for each and every one of us, each and every one of you that call Faith Center your home, that you would feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is my home. This is where I'm planted, and this is where I get fed the Word of God. But you know, as awesome as that is, I want you to know something. This is not just for us. This is for those that God so loves. For those that don't know the Lord. And I guess I can go back to what I told you. To really prayerfully, passionately, prayerfully consider bringing somebody this Easter Sunday on When is it? April the 4th, just about a month away. See, we have to have a passion for people. And I've come to know this. A life not lived for others is a life not lived. And I would just say tonight, when we really feel like we are lonely, depressed, discouraged, come on, we've all been there.
sometimes we have to ask ourselves, it could be that we are just putting all of the emphasis and the focus on us. And we've just simply made it about us. Oh, but I'm hurting, Pastor Manny. I don't deny that. But it's not just about you and me. For God so loved. So the best way you can come out of that place of discouragement and depression and loneliness and boredom and whatever it is, are you investing into other people? Do you have a passion and are people blessed and come to know the Lord? You're given an opportunity this Easter Sunday, this resurrection weekend. You can do that. You can make an investment now. You can all invite somebody. You can all pray for somebody. And you can all invite somebody to come to church on Easter. Because I truly believe this, church. We should be a people that is passionate about what God is passionate about. And God shows us right here, he's passionate about people. He's passionate about the lost. I don't know about you, but I'd love to see some more people. What a good visual. We haven't taken it down yet. I'd love to see some more folk baptized in a few Sundays. You know how that happens? One of the young men, one of the teenagers that was baptized Sunday, he accepted Christ not that long ago, maybe a couple of months ago on a Sunday morning when Pastor Craig preached a message, gave the altar call, the invitation. But not only was he saved, accepted Christ, but two or three other members of the, his family did as well. And he wanted to be baptized, so he signed up. But can I tell you the real beauty, the story behind that story? That family had come on that Sunday morning because somebody invited them. And I talked to the family a little bit, and I just got a little more information. And they were just looking for a church and hadn't seemed to find, hadn't found one just yet. They came to church that Sunday, had their lives changed for all of eternity by accepting Jesus Christ and coming to the realization just how much God so loved the world. And what he did on the cross, giving his son, giving his life, so that you and I could be born again. That young man was baptized this last Sunday. How about we commit as a church family to inviting somebody to church and watch God do something in their heart? And in their life, all it takes, we're all passionate about something. I'm asking you to just simply be, to be passionate about what God is passionate about. People. And church, when we are passionate about what God is passionate about, we see lives changed. Do you believe that tonight? I believe that you do. I'm done. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. We have a passion for the house.
I want you to stand with me. I'm finishing right on time. Thank you, Jesus. But just before we run out of the building, there's one more thing I want to show you, and then I'm going to pray over you. Thank you for being here tonight. But the Lord showed me something while I was preparing for tonight with that word passion. It's still up on the screen. Thank you for leaving it up there for me. I want you to just look at that word passion real quickly up on the screen. This is what I saw. The only difference between the word passion and the word passive is two letters. O and N. If you take the V and the E off of passive and you replace it with the O and the N, you've got passion. This is what I heard the Spirit of God say. All it takes is for you and I, for you and I to begin to walk with a passion for God and the things of God is by just simply letting Him turn the light on on the inside of your heart. You know, I was reminded of what Paul told Timothy. His young understudy that he was raising up in the faith to be a young minister of the gospel. This is what Paul told Timothy. You got to stir the gift of God that is within you. The literal translation there is you need to fan into flame that fire that is about to go out. So just hear what I'm saying. Allow the Spirit of God to light a fire in you, in your heart. Can we just be honest? Maybe just one person. If you would just be honest, I'm not going to have you come forward or even raise your hand. I'm just, it's Wednesday night. We're family. But can we just be real before we go and before we pray? Because I want to know better how to pray for you. But if you're here tonight and you would just say after hearing this message, Pastor Manny, I've kind of lost my desire a little bit for the right things. Kind of lost my fire, my passion for the things of God. I'm not living for God like I once was. Hello. That's why you came tonight, so that you can allow God to just simply touch you right where you are and let you know he's here for you. He's here to help you. He's here to give you what you need. He knows that you can't be passionate and live for him without his help. That's why he has given you his spirit. And I know you're born again. This is family tonight. But what I'm asking you, have you allowed that fire because of the things of this world, things that we go through in life, just doing life, it can happen. We can allow that fire of the Spirit of God to grow more dim and more dim. I just felt impressed to mention that to you, to just give you, maybe watching online, I need the fire back, Pastor Manny. I've lost it. This is your night. I want to just ask you right now, if that's you, would you just slip your hand up and just say, would you just pray for me right now before we go that the, so that God would give me that fire? I see that hand. Anybody else? Online, just comment. Put those hands on that comment section just saying, that's me. Or however you want to comment, that's me. We're going to pray right now and just believe the God of heaven to turn on to light that fire that was once burning bright in your heart right now. I believe that you believe he can do it or you wouldn't be here tonight. With every head bowed and every uh, eyes closed, head bowed, let's just pray right now. Father in heaven, we just thank you 
for your presence here with us tonight, your spirit here with us tonight, Lord, for ministering to us about just simply having a passion for the right things, for the things of God. And so right now, I know, Lord, that you're speaking to hearts right now. You're speaking to lives. Those that are here with us tonight, those that are watching online. And I thank you, Lord, for those of us that are responding to you right now by faith, that you are literally igniting that fire. You're fanning back into flame that fire on the inside of the hearts of your people so that we can burn bright again with the passion that we once had. And I thank you, Lord, that there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We just simply acknowledge where we are and we simply acknowledge that you still love us and you still want for us to burn with the flame. And that's why you've ministered this word tonight to let us know that we can have a passion for the house of God and the things of God. So right now, for every person that raised their hand, every person responding online, right now, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for lighting the fire on the inside of their heart right now and causing that fire to burn even with a greater intensity. I speak it over them now that they leave this place, Lord, tonight with a renewed passion for you and for what you desire for them. And I give you praise, honor, and glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Can we give God one more hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So glad you came tonight. If you need prayer for any reason, we always like to have these altars open for prayer. So you can come forward if you need prayer, if you want prayer. We love you, church family. You are dismissed. We look forward to seeing you Sunday morning.